This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Welcome. This is the one-year Bible reading for April 16th. We begin today in Joshua chapter 13, and we'll hear in the Old Testament today the allocation of of land uh, to the different tribes of Israel, as well as hearing at the end of our reading about Caleb, that other faithful scout. When Joshua was an old man, the Lord said to him, You are growing old, and much land remains to be conquered. This is the territory that remains, all the regions of the Philistines and the Geshurites, and the larger territory of the Canaanites extending from the stream of Shihor on the border of Egypt northward to the boundary of Ekron. It includes the territory of the five Philistine rulers of Gaza, Ashdod, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The land of the Avites in the south also remains to be conquered. In the north, the following area has not yet been conquered. All the land of the Canaanites, including Mira, which belongs to the Sidonians, stretching northward to Aphek on the border of the Amorites. The land of the Gebelites and all of the Lebanon mountain area to the east, from Baal Gad below Mount Hermon to Lebo Hamath, and all the hill country from Lebanon to Mesrepothmaim, including all the land of the Sidonians. I myself will drive these people out of the land ahead of the Israelites, so be sure to give this land to Israel as a special possession, just as I have commanded you. Include all this territory as Israel's possession when you divide this land among the nine tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Half of the tribe of Manasseh and the tribes of Reuben and Gad had already received their grants of land on the east east side of the Jordan, for Moses, the servant of the Lord, had previously assigned this land to them. Their territory extended from Aror on the edge of the Arnon Gorge, including the town in the middle of the gorge, to the plain beyond Mediba, as far as Dibon. It also included all the towns of King Sihon of the Amorites who had reigned in Heshbon, and extended as far as the borders of Ammon. It included Gilead, the territory of the kingdoms of Geshur and Maeka, all of Mount Hermon, all of Bashan as far as Seleka, and all the territory of King Og of Bashan who had reigned in Ashtaroth and Edrai. King Og was the last of the Rephaites, for Moses had attacked them and driven them out. But the Israelites failed to drive out the people of Geshur and Maeka, so they continued to live among the Israelites to this day. Moses did not assign any allotment of land to the tribe of Levi. Instead, as the Lord had promised them, their allotment came from the offerings burned on the altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. Moses had assigned the following area to the clans of the tribe of Reuben. Their territory extended from Aror on the edge of the Arnon Gorge, including the town in the middle of the gorge, to the plain beyond Mediba. It included Heshbon and the other towns on the plain, Dibon, Bamoth Baal, Beth Baal Mion, Jahaj, Kedemoth, Mephatha, Kiriathame, Sibma, Zareth Shahar on the hill above the valley, Beth Peor on the slopes of Pisgah, and Beth Jeshemoth. 
The land of Reuben also included all the towns of the plain and the entire kingdom of Sihon. Sihon was the Amorite king who had reigned in Heshbon and was killed by Moses along with the leaders of Midian, Evi, Rechem, Zur, Hur, and Reba, princes living in the region who were allied with Sihon. The Israelites had also killed Balaam, son of Beor, who used magic to tell the future. The Jordan River marked the western boundary for the tribe of Reuben. The towns and their surrounding villages in this area were given as a homeland to the tribes, the, to the clans of the tribe of Reuben. Moses had assigned the following area to the clans of the tribe of Gad. Their territory, territory included Jazer, all the towns of Gilead, and half of the land of Ammon, as far as the town of Aror, just west of Rabbah. It extended from Heshbon to Ramath Mitzpah and Betonim, and from Mahanaim to the territory of Lodibar. In the valley were Beth Haram, Beth Nimrah, Succoth, Zaphon, and the rest of the kingdom of King Sihon of Heshbon. The western boundary ran along the Jordan River, extended as far north as the tip of the Sea of Galilee, and then turned eastward. The towns and their surrounding villages in this area were given as a homeland to the clans of the tribe of Gad. Moses had assigned the following area to the clans of the half-tribe of Manasseh. Their territory extended from Mahanaim, including all of Bashan, all the former kingdom of King Og, and the sixty towns of Jair in Bashan. It also included half of Gilead and King Og's royal cities of Ashtaroth and Edrai. All this was given to the clans of the descendants of Machir, who was Manasseh's son. These are the allotments Moses had made while he was on the plains of Moab across the Jordan River, east of Jericho. But Moses gave no allotment to the land of land to the tribe of Levi, for the Lord, the God of Israel, had promised that he himself would be their allotment. The remaining tribes of Israel received land in Canaan as allotted by Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the tribal leaders. These nine and a half tribes received their grants of land by means of sacred lots, in accordance with the Lord's command through Moses. Moses had already given a grant of land to the two and a half tribes on the east side of the Jordan River, but he had given the Levites no such allotment. The descendants of Joseph had become two separate tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim. And the Levites were given no land at all, only towns to live in with surrounding pasture lands for their livestock and all of their possessions. So the land was distributed in strict accordance with the Lord's commands to Moses. A delegation from the tribe of Judah, led by Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, came to Joshua at Gilgal. Caleb said to Joshua, Remember what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, about you and me when we were at Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land of Canaan. I returned and gave an honest report, but my brothers who went with me frightened the people from entering the promised land. For my part, I wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. So that day Moses solemnly promised me, The land of Canaan on which you were just walking will be your grant of land, and that of your descendants forever, because you wholeheartedly followed the Lord my God. Now, as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well, as he promised, for all these forty-five years since Moses made this promise, even while Israel wandered in the wilderness. Today I am eighty-five years old. I am as strong now as when Moses sent me on that journey, 
and I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me the hill country that the Lord promised me. You will remember that as scouts we found the descendants of Anak living there in great walled towns. But if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land, just as the Lord said. So Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave Hebron to him as his portion of land. Hebron still belongs to the descendants of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, because he wholeheartedly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Previously, Hebron had been called Kiriath Arba. It had been named after Arba, the great hero of the descendants of Anak. And the land had rest from war. Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 1. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer, I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat, I don't sin, and I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. One day, some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering them. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Psalm 85, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. Lord, you poured out blessings on your land. You restored the fortunes of Israel. You forgave the guilt of your people. Yes, you covered all their sins. You held back your fury. You kept back your blazing anger. Now restore us again, O God of our salvation. Put aside your anger against us once more. Will you be angry with us always? Will you prolong your wrath to all generations? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I listen carefully to what the Lord, the God, the what God, the Lord is saying. 
for he speaks peace to his faithful people. But let them not return to their foolish ways. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. So our land will be filled with his glory. Unfailing love and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed. Truth springs up from the earth and righteousness smiles down from heaven. Yes, the Lord pours down his blessings. Our land will yield its bountiful harvest. Righteousness goes as a herald before him, preparing the way for his steps. Proverbs thirteen seven to 8 Some who are poor pretend to be rich. Others who are rich pretend to be poor. The rich can pay a ransom for their lives, but the poor won't even get threatened. And to end, we're back with Salmon Hughes as he's looking at hinds feet in high places. And the scripture today is from Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. I am convinced, he writes, that one of the major reasons why so many of us fail to receive from God the things we ought to be receiving lies in the fact that our hearts and minds are not properly correlated. Do you ever find yourself praying for things continually that you never receive? I don't mean things about which there may be some doubt, but things you definitely know the Almighty longs to give you. Love, joy, peace, wisdom, patience, the Holy Spirit, and so on. Maybe your mind is asking for one thing, but your heart another. You see, it is possible to want something with the mind which is not supported by the heart. The mind is a much easier part of the personality to deal with than the heart. But as our text for today says, keep your heart, for out of it spring the issues of life. We can approach God with our minds and think that we, because we have a clear idea of what we want, God will give it to us. But the heart may contain hidden doubts which prevent us from being fully integrated people. We fail to receive because we are not asking out of a fully integrated personality. As someone has put it, God does not just answer prayer, he answers you. Those who wish to receive from God the things he delights to give ought to always remember that who we are is just as important, if not more so, than what we ask. God is not just listening to your words, he is listening to you. A lot to think and ponder about with that today. Oh, Father, the more we meditate on the need for heart and mind to be in perfect coordination, the more we are set on fire to become fully integrated people. We know you are eagerly reaching down to us. Help us to be as eager to reach up to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love you all. Have a wonderful day.